chapter 3. I'm going to stay in the same passage. It's always a good thing, and Josh, you do a great job with, with, with pointing us to this, but this is a, clearly a night where we've kind of talked up Garth and in many ways all about him, but also in so many ways really not. It's about the church. It's about Jesus' church and about what he's doing, and, and just as much as this is a big day and a big calling for Garth and, and his wife, Emily, uh, this is a big calling for the church, right, to take, take serious that the Bible says there are people uh, like this that we're to set apart, we're to look around and and that's, that's really, really a cool thing. Happy for our church, excited for our church. I praise God for, for growth in our church, not just for people coming to faith in Christ and baptisms and things of that sort, but also uh, God producing leaders out of our church. We rejoice at that. If we stay in the same passage at 1 Timothy chapter 3, the passage, the only passage in the Bible where we have qualifications for deacons, I want to point to you the very last verse, verse 13. It says, for those who serve well as deacons. And I want to spend all of our time, the rest of our time tonight, on that little phrase, those who serve well. In the deacon role, but those who serve well. Are there really people that serve well? Are there really people that like to serve Seems like, if we're really getting to the heart of the matter, that this is an identity issue. Are there really servant-hearted people? Are there truly servant-hearted leaders? Leaders who want to serve in the backdrop, behind the scenes, people that like to serve. I remember my first experience of thinking about, is that really who you are, those that serve well? My first ever job at the age of 14 was at the local Harris Teeter, the grocery store in North Carolina near my house. And when I was 14, I got a job there bagging groceries. And you know what? They don't even have people that bag groceries anymore at grocery stores. You have to bag your own groceries these days. But they hired me at 14 to just bag groceries. And every single customer that came up the checkout person would scan the food and send it down the conveyor belt, and we would say, ma'am, would you like paper or plastic? Some of y'all remember that. Ma'am, would you like paper or plastic? And whatever they chose, then I, there at 14 years old, would bag up all of their groceries. And there's a, there's a science to it, right? You put all the soft things together like breads and the eggs and all that, and you put all the heavy, bangy things together like canned goods and stuff like that. And we were serving, right? We acted like what was most important to the customer was most important to me. And that was a heart check early on. All of you have had some bad customer service before. To bring this home completely, nobody knows this as well as Chick-fil-A, right? And customer service where they have made famous, not a you're welcome or not a thank you, but my pleasure. To which we all have thought to ourselves, really? Is it really, is it really your pleasure, right? But the truth is, for some, it is their pleasure, right? The truth is that there are some people in the world who are glad to serve. And the big truth here tonight is that in the Lord Jesus' church, yes, there are people who want to serve. Several years ago, Trip Lee said, I'm nothing special, I'm just a vessel, service makes me happy. To which I thought to myself, really? Does serving make you happy? But as I read the Bible, I see that it does. So Garth, tonight, this is an identity issue. 
Do you want to be a deacon known as a servant leader because there's a step up in the church? You, you've climbed the ladder. Now you're official. You get to be a deacon of the week. We'll put your name in here. People may start calling you. Is it, is it all about you or is it, no, you want to serve? You want me to call you when I'm stuck on something and I don't know how to figure it out and I need help, so I call you and add burden to your life? I got here to church this morning and we were here early to pray and Two of our deacons, Doug Williams and Dan Pomeroy, and, and then also Terry Burton, who serves well, said they had been out in the parking lot already for a long time cleaning up trash that was left here Saturday night from a bunch of people playing basketball, right? Do you want to have that sort of a, uh, of a responsibility in your life? Do you want to serve well? And this is an identity issue, is it not? The Bible says here that those who serve well, we need to ask ourselves, does Gar serve well? Does he desire to serve well? And we have asked that. We've observed that. And as Josh Womble said, we've now brought ourselves to this point. But being a deacon, taking the position in the church as a deacon, is an identity issue. And so I want to ask, how do we come up with people who want to serve well? It says there in verse 10, let them also be tested first, then let them serve. So this identity of liking to serve, wanting to serve, desiring to serve, is something that you recognize in people that they have come to be that way. Obviously, with the sinful heart and the sinful flesh, we're not naturally servant-hearted people. So where does this servant heart thing come from? Where does Garth get it? Well, I want to point you back tonight to several passages that remind you just, just, just of what the gospel is all about. In Mark chapter 10, also in Matthew chapter 20, you have Jesus finding himself walking into a conversation where the disciples are arguing about which one is the greatest. You're familiar with that passage. The greatest of all time, Jesus the king of kings and lord of lords is away from his followers. And he comes back to the conversation and they're arguing about which of them is the greatest. And Jesus puts them in their place by reminding them that greatness is not a status thing. That to be first you must be last. That to be uh, the greatest you must be the lowest. Jesus reminds them that. The most humble would be the greatest. Do you remember that passage? He ends that passage in Mark 10 by saying, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, as we start to look at, do people like to serve well? And me saying this is an identity issue. Do you like to be served, or is it just something you do to try to get you somewhere? We look back to Christ now, who the Bible directly tells us he does like to serve. When we read the qualifications for deacons and we hear it say, those who serve well, if your mind starts thinking, I don't know anybody that really, truly says, my pleasure. I don't know anybody who really, truly says, I want to serve. Then you need to first think about Jesus. Jesus Christ loves to serve. I'm excited to think that Pat's friend Don might start reading about our Lord Jesus, aren't you? 
What would happen to the prideful heart if he starts reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and reading about the one who doesn't boast in his greatness but boasts about serving? Can't you feel the excitement that Pat feels that he has a friend now ready to read about Jesus? For if you come to know Jesus, you will be drawn to service. You'll be drawn to humility. You will be taken back by the servant that Jesus is. Think about John chapter 13, the night before he would be betrayed. He's taking the Lord's Supper there, the final supper, the last supper, if you will, with his disciples. And John chapter 13 says, Jesus, now knowing that his hour had come, rose from the table, took off his robe, grabbed a towel and a bucket of water, and he went to do what? Wash their feet. And there was all this objection, no way, you're not going to wash my feet, no way, my feet are too stinky, too smelly, too dirty, no way, I'm going to wash yours. And Jesus rises again with the greatness of serving and says, I'm going to wash you, and I'm going to wash all of you. And they're so taken back by his servant heart that their response becomes, wash all of me, serve me. See, this is an identity issue here. But identity issues, if you've lived long enough, only find their answer in the Lord Jesus Christ. The identity of the believer is in Christ. You know that. The identity of a deacon is in Christ. We're not trying to rise to the occasion or live up to the job description of, oh my goodness, I've got to serve a lot now. I've got to really start working hard. Garth, I hope you're not feeling that way, but rather, I hope you're seeing I am now being called by my church to live out my faith. The calling of serving is the calling of Christianity that every single one of you should be living under. In that passage in John chapter 13, verse 16, after he says all that to Peter, after he's washed their feet, Jesus says, no servant is greater than his master. Meaning, every one of you should be a servant like I'm a servant. Or perhaps you remember the passage in Matthew 25. It's the parable of the talents. Where we get that great phrase that speaks to God's response to us in the end, in the judgment where our Father in heaven would say to us, well done, my good and faithful, what? Servant. You know that one. It's not well done, my good and faithful, uh, always obedient. It's not well done, my good and faithful, all-star. It's not well done, my good and faithful, it's well done, my good and faithful, servant. The church is to be made up of people who have an interest, a heart, a burden in serving. We want to truly, from the inside of us, because of our faith in Christ, we want to truly be able to say, paper or plastic, how can I serve you? What would you like? We want to mean from the depth of us, rolling off our new heart of flesh that God gave us by grace alone, be able to say, my pleasure. Even if, even if it is inconvenient, even if it is troublesome, even if it is difficult, even if it is making us dirty or setting us back or complicating our lives, or even if it is messing up our lives, we want to understand Christ came to serve, we're here to serve. Garth, this is an identity issue. 
There are all sorts of things going on. I found myself just a few days ago wondering if everything was set for tonight. I had other people asking, hey, is everything set for tonight? As you know, when we end here, we're going to go downstairs for a reception. I had a couple people asking. I sent one text to a deacon. Hey, is everything ready for Sunday night? The deacon wrote back, yep, all good. We got it covered. Isn't that a cool thing? Isn't that awesome? Do you remember the passage that we read here at the beginning tonight, for those of y'all that were here at the start, Acts chapter 6? Remember that passage? There was complaining. Listen, there was complaining. And if you're like me, sometimes complaints can really kind of stress you out and get you worrying and burden you, right? Sometimes a complaint can get a reaction out of me and it actually makes me worse, right? That's what happens with complaints. Sometimes a complaint escalates things, and that's not what we want to happen. And that's what's happening in Acts chapter 6. The daily distribution of the food has now uh, uh, hit a roadblock. There are issues there, and people are starting to complain. The apostles say, man, things aren't going well. We can't stop preaching and praying. So because of complaining, we need some people that serve well. And guess what? There were some. There were some. There were people over there saying, yeah, I'd be glad to help. Oh, complaining, ministry, preaching, praying, oh, it's getting disrupted. You mean the widows aren't getting their food? I'm glad to help. And God called the church to set aside people to step in and do this to serve God. Serve well so that the widows are taken care of. So serve well so that the preachers can preach. Serve well so the prayers can pray. Serve well so that Jesus would be lived for in his church. This is what we see. It's an identity issue of does this church have people who desire to serve well? Does Garth desire to serve well. Does Garth understand that Christ served well? In the gospel, we have people who have sinned against a holy God. Me, Cedric, Brian, Garth, Emily, every one of you all have sinned against God. You might say there would be a complaint in the universe that people are not living the way God had intended us to live. People are not living the way God made us to live. We have a problem, and how's it going to be resolved? And it was at that very moment that God sent forth Jesus, who came and served us. The Bible uses that language. Served us, lived for us, took care of us taught us, modeled for us, laid down his life for us, and in the ultimate way of serving, and we, we, we recognize, this, recognize this all the time in sacrifice, we recognize this all the time in the military, in the ultimate way of serving, he laid down his life for us on the cross. And the Bible says that God loves you in that way, that no greater love has anybody ever seen than this, and the Bible says that if you will turn and embrace that service to you, God will forgive your sins. If you will allow Jesus to serve you, you will repent of your sins, cry out to him, seek forgiveness, that God will forgive you of your sins and save you and make you his child. So what is at the very core of being a Christian and therefore being a deacon in Jesus' church is, do you know that Jesus has served you? 
In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, it says, For those who serve well as deacons. Folks, those who serve well as deacons serve well because they know that they have been served well. You hear that? Those who serve well as deacons serve well because they understand that they've been served well. Not by the church, not by their pastors, but by their Savior, by their Lord. That's why the Bible would say in verse 9, they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. If Garth understands Jesus, believes Jesus, loves Jesus, and really gets at the heart of the gospel that God has served him, Christ has served him, and Garth's heart has been gripped by that, which we all have observed over the last three to four years, then we are ready to see one who desires to serve well. May our faith in Christ keep producing in our church those who serve well. And may here tonight, as we set apart Garth Farmer, may we be encouraged that we have recognized yet again one more who has the heart and desire to serve well. In a world where almost everything and everybody is self-serving, may the glory of Christ own our hearts so that we would serve well. Garth, lead us, help us serve the Lord Jesus well. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this short phrase at the end of the qualifications, those who serve well. And God, thank you that the gospel teaches us that we are not doing anything over and above what hasn't already been done to us, done for us, and is always and forever being done to us now, being served by Jesus. God, thank you for Garth and that we know his heart and that he does desire to serve well. God, I pray that you would make our hearts the same. God, thank you for Jesus, how he changes hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.